Well, we are so glad that you're here today. Thank you for being here. And we are excited about what God is doing today in our baptism. And uh, we've already baptized, uh, I believe, four just in the first service. We've got about 10 here already. Uh, in the second service, it's going to be an awesome, awesome time of celebration here in just a short little bit. But I, I want to um, continue in our series. And uh, last Sunday, we started a series called Balance. Balance. And the idea was to talk about, you know, some financial principles centered around some ideas on the physical law of balance. Now, I, I didn't take physics in high school and college. I had the opportunity to, and I said no. You know, but I know some basic laws of physics, and I think there's some really practicality there. And I think if we apply those laws to our financial world, we'll see some really awesome parallels to, to what I'm talking about here today and what the scripture teaches about being balanced. And of course, we're living in a time right now with economic depression and, and, uh, and, and our money is, is, you know, financially is a little bit tighter than it used to be. And, uh, and so I, I thought this would be very helpful to help us to understand and get a better picture of what God's word says about how you and I should manage our money in a way that honors and glorifies him. And, uh, and so last Sunday, we, we, we talked about the three laws and we, we talked about the first law the first law of, um, of the law of balance, and if you're taking notes, the first law of balance is you have to have a proper reference point. A proper reference point. We, we talk about and use the illustration of a, a gymnast at the Olympics, and, and, and she's on the balancing beam, and, 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 and she talked as a gymnast to look at a stationary point on the other end of that balance, uh, you know, on the other end of that beam. Because just looking around, looking at the coast, or, you know, looking in the fan, you know, in the, in the crowds, in the, in the stands, uh, she's going to lose her balance. And so they're very focused. They're very pointed in the way they look. You know, when you're driving, right? You have a point of reference when you're driving. Otherwise, you're all over the road. You know, they say, don't look the two feet in front of you. Look about 20, 30 feet ahead of you. You know, so that you can stay in the middle of the lane and not be all over the road. And so balance it to having a proper reference point. And we made the application to our financial world that to have a proper reference point means, first of all, to, to keep your eyes on Jesus. But then the, the, the other thought that we shared last Sunday was that you always have to be knowing where your money is going. You have to be knowing where your money is going. And you believe it or not, most of the time we think I pay the bills and uh, we, feed up, we put food on the table and we, we save some money, but you have no idea how much you're spending on gas, how much you're spending on, that, on, the, on the coffee, and how much you're spending on clothing. And a lot of those things are important. And so I'm not saying, hey, you shouldn't you know, spend money. I'm saying you need to know. And so last Sunday I gave you permission to spy on your money. You should know where it's going. If you want to be balanced, you've got to know where you're going with it. You've got to know where, where, what, what you're spending and where you're spending. It's one thing to build a budget, but it's not, you know, it's not helpful if you're not tracking the spending and compare it to what you think you hope to spend every month. Y'all follow with me? And so that was the first reference point. The first law of balance is having that reference point. So important. So important that we know where our money is going. And this will play very important into our next couple of balance, and as we talk about the laws of balance in our lives. The second, and by the way, I, I shared some tools last week. 
and I kept saying it correctly, but I had it on the screen wrong, and I had it on the handout note wrong. You say, well, whose fault was that? My fault. I did the screen. I did the handout note. I put the wrong website that I use, that I look at almost every day to help track my spending. And then, so I, I put it on here. It's everydollar.com. Last week I said extra dollar. Everydollar.com. Tracking everydollar.com. This is the Dave Ramsey tool, and, uh, and this is one I've been using for the last 10 years. And it's very helpful. Not the only tool out there. There's just, there are others, and there are other tools that can help you track where your money is going. You can do the old-fashioned way, pen and paper, or pencil and paper, right? You know, and the spreadsheet, whatever you want to do, but you do something to track your spending. So you have to know where your money is going. The second law of balance is you have to make constant corrections, right? I mean, if you're walking across a log, you know, with a creek, what are you doing? You're constantly adjusting your, your, your center of gravity to make sure that you don't tumble over to the side and fall in the water. And so you're constantly making corrections, and, and that is so true with our finances. As you know where your money is going, you have a better idea of what's, what's happening, and then you can make those constant corrections, and you can manage your money in a way that honors and glorifies God. And so that, and by the way, we're going to talk about that next week, week three and week four. But today, we're going to spend time on the third law of balance. And that is, you have to have a clear objective. What is it that you're trying to do? Now, if you're a, a gymnast and you're on the balancing beam, you're, you're hoping to do what? You want to score a 10, and you don't want to fall and break a leg, right? You, you, want, to, you want to be successful. If I'm crossing a log over a creek, I don't want to fall in the water. My objective is to get on the other side. All right? That, that's what you want to do. And, and so when it comes to our finance, and this is what we want to talk about today, we want to answer the question, what is our overall objective when it comes to money? What is it that we're trying to do with it? Now, this is different than your financial goals. Now, financial goals are good, but this is different. And I want to answer the question, what is the one thing that I am trying to do to accomplish, what am I trying to accomplish with my stuff? What is that one thing? And some of you would say, you know, my one thing is to make all I can. To make all I can, and, and that's important. Part of being balanced is you've got to make money. You've got to make money, and if, that, if that's the one thing that you focus on, if that's what you're all about, then you have neglected some other stuff in your life. You're, making, you're, you're so focused on money that you've neglected your family, and you're out of balance. You're out of balance. Someone said, well, you know, the one thing I'm trying to accomplish, Pastor Scott, is um, I'm trying to save all you can. Save, 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 and, and, and saving again, it's important. I, I am not speaking against uh, uh, I would say you need to save. You know, you should save. But hey, it's just one part of being balanced. You may be an incredible saver, but you have a very difficult time giving, or you have a very difficult time in, 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 in putting food on the table in, in the way that you spend. Maybe you overspend in different areas. And so truth is, you're not balanced. It's, 
Some of you, you know, your one thing when it comes to money, you say, well, Scott, my one thing is to spend it all. <laughs> you know, I make it, I spend it. I make it, I spend it. And that sounds like a lot of fun. But you can only go so far with that and before you realize, hey, listen, I, I, I'm making some really bad mistakes by just spinning it all without thinking. Some of you say, well, I know a preacher man. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Let's give. It's all about giving, right? And listen, giving is important. Giving is important. But I know you could be the biggest giver. You could be the biggest giver here at Lake Point Church and at the same time be out of balance. You can't be out of balance. That's just a part. That's just a part of being balanced. And so I want, you, I want, you, I want to be clear on this. It's, it's a great thing to aim to save all you can to make all you can, to give all you can, to take care of your family, put food on your table, you know, clothes on your back. That's a good thing. And those are worthwhile goals. But it's just not enough. You see, if you pursue any one or two of those things and neglect the others, you will find yourself out of balance. Out of balance. So, so today, uh, to the best of my ability, I, I want to take a few minutes and I want to answer the question from the Word of God, what is the clearest objective when it comes to my stuff, when it comes to money, when it comes to my wealth? And in the Scripture, we actually see that throughout the Scripture, it gives us that one thing. If you're taking note, to understand the proper objective for your personal finances, it's important that you understand that you see how God views your stuff. You've got to know how God sees it. I want to look at First Chronicles chapter 29. But before we read some verses here, I want to give you the quick context of First Chronicles chapter 29. It's in the Old Testament. The date is around 1000 BC. David is the king of Israel, most powerful nation in the world. They have fought all the wars. They have conquered all the enemies. They are now in a time of peace. No more wars. All the nations, they see Israel, they are envious because Israel is the most powerful empire. And David is by himself one time. He's thinking about all he has. Thinking about the beautiful palace, the beautiful city of Jerusalem. And I'm sure he looks out the window and he sees a big elaborate tent set up right in the middle of the city. That tent is the tabernacle. It's the place of worship, God's house. In the middle of that tent, that middle of that tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. And, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant resides. That's where it lives. The Ark of the Covenant, was, it, it's, a, it's a box. And inside the box, it's a box made out of gold, uh, with, overlaid with gold, and inside the box is the Ten Commandments that were given by God to Moses at Mount Sinai. And, 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 and God has instruction to the people of Israel to take the Ark of the Covenant, to lead the camp whenever God said, okay, it's time to pack up and move the, the, the entire city or the entire you know, country, the nation of Israel would pack up. They would pack up the tent. They would tear it down. They would, they would carefully you know, lead the Ark of the Covenant, and God would take them, lead them by fire by, by night, 
cloud by day, and then when it stopped, God said, okay, camp here, they would set up the tent, the tabernacle, and it would stay there until God tells them to move. And it traveled all the way from the middle of the wilderness to the promised land over hundreds and hundreds of years. And now they have made it to Jerusalem. This is the destination that God had the whole time, to take it, you know, to, to take the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle to be in Jerusalem and it's still a tent. And David's looking out, and David's like, you know, the man, I, I've got my beautiful house, a palace. God is still camping out. He's still in a portable church situation. If you've been at Lake Point, you know, we have always been in the building. We set up and tear down every Sunday. You know, from 2010, and uh, actually, we go back to 2009, we started some services in 2009, all the way to 2019. And so for 10 years, we set up, tear down, set up and tear down. And, 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 and so they had this portable church situation, and David was like, that's not right. I need to build a palace, a house, a church, a temple for God. And, and, and so he started getting really excited about this. He started, you know, he started making some calls, you know, send them, some emails out, you know, to get the feelers out there and say, this is what's happening here. And, and all of a sudden, God said, hey, David, hey, listen, I love it that you want to build me a house, but you can't build it. And I'm sure David's like, well, why not? I said, well, because you are a man of war. You have blood on your hand. And I said, can't let you build it. In fact, I want your son, who will be the next king, Solomon, I want him to build it. And David said, okay, God. But I'm going to do everything I can to set up Solomon so that when he becomes king, day one, he can start building. God said, okay, go for it. And so David, he hired the architect, got the drawings, started raising the money. He went into the national treasury and started pulling out gold and silver, you know, and setting it aside for the temple. He, he, he went into his own personal storehouse and pulled out hundreds of pounds of, of, of gold and silver. One scholar believed that he pulled out, that he gave almost 14 to 15 billion dollars out of his own pocket. He was so excited about building God's house. And then he gathered the people. From the four corners of the, of the kingdom, they all came to Jerusalem and, and, and started talking up to the people, casting vision about what he wants to get done. He said, we want to raise the money. We want to get everything paid for. We want to get everything lined up so that when Solomon becomes the king, he's ready to roll. And the people were pumped. They got so excited about this. They said, yes, yes, we love it. We need to build God a house. And they started giving. They started giving out. And in the middle of all this, this, this uh, celebration, David prayed this prayer. And uh, here's what we see in this prayer. We see in this prayer in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, we see two things. We see, we see how God views wealth. But we also see how David views wealth. And he prays his prayer, and if you look here in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse number 10, the Bible said that David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. 
saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And then we go to the next verse, and this is so, this is so important. This is, the, this, this is the summary statement for the rest of the prayer. Look at verse 11. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is, is, is the kingdom. In other words, God, you think, God, this is all about you. This is all about you. This is everything in life is ultimately all about you. For everything in heaven and earth, what's the word? It's yours. It's yours. Everything ultimately belongs to God. And then it continues here. He said, you are exalted as head over all. It's had, I mean, this is big words coming from the most powerful king at this time. And he recognized, hey, God, I know I'm just a king. But you are the king. You are the one who is worthy to be exalted above all. In verse 12, he said, wealth and honor comes from you. You are the ruler of all things. In other words, not only does everything belong to you, but everything comes from you. Wealth and honor come from you, God. And then he said, in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So David, here's what David said. So anybody who has accomplished anything in life, it's because God gave them the strength, the talent, to know all, to do what they did. God gets the credit, not you. He gave you the gift to do what he created you to be. He gave that to us. David said, it's God that gave you the ability and that talent. And then look how he ends. Look at verse 13 and 14. Now, our God, oh, we give thanks. We praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? They're going, wow. It, it, it's an honor for us to be a part of what God is doing. That's what they're saying. It is an honor. Who, who are we? It's an honor for us to be a part of what God is doing. And look, and look how he closed this. It's so powerful. David said, everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Now, I don't want you to admit this. But, but, this, but this is our objective. When it comes to our stuff, this is it. We see this here in First Chronicles chapter 29. We see this throughout the scripture. Our objective, our objective is this, if you're taking notes. It's simply this. To honor God with everything that we have, included our finances. 
to honor God with it all. If everything belongs to and it comes from God, then our objective should be to honor God with everything we manage while here on earth. Honor God. I heard the second thought. Honoring God isn't just about giving. It includes giving and living. It's the whole thing. And see, I grew up in church, and I grew up in, I was taught at an early age that you gave a tenth, a tithe, 10% to the Lord. That's what we were taught. And I still do that today. That's what I do. I give a percentage to the Lord every month, and we give. You know, and, and I was taught early on to do that. But here's where our thinking sometimes went sideways. We said, okay, God, I gave you my 10%. The 90%, the rest, that's mine to spend. That's my deal. You, God, you got your cut. The rest is mine. God thought to, you know, speak to me and say, hey, I want you. Whoa, 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 God. Whoa, 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 whoa. I give 10. I'm doing better than a lot of other people. A lot of people probably don't give 10. God wants to go about them. You go about them and, 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 and deal with them. Because, hey, the 90%, that's mine. That's mine. 10 is yours. I gave it to you. Hands off on the other 90, on the other 90%. Now, listen, this is so important. When you hear this, there is nowhere in the scripture that even hint that that's the proper way to view finances. Nowhere in the scripture do we see that way of thinking. God, you get your cut, the rest is mine, don't touch it. We don't see that at all. You see, this is not simply about giving. It's about living. It's about living. It's about all of it. And the scripture teaches that we're to honor God, not with a percentage. We're to honor God with all of it. And in a few months, my wife and I, we're going to celebrate 22 years of marriage. And I remember when we got married, we were at the altar. You know, we were sitting there, you know, be, you know standing there be, before God, families, and friends. And, and, um, and I, I remembered telling Karen in front of everybody that I would honor and cherish her for the rest of my days. Now, I don't think, you know, Karen's dad was on the you know, front row, you know, and he's probably bawling his eyes out, okay? And, uh, and, uh, but I, I promise you, you know, that Karen's dad was not thinking, you know, I wonder what percentage Scott is going to honor my daughter? You know, Karen's dad was not thinking, you know, as long as Scott beats her, that's about 10%. You know, if he just does that much, I'll be happy. No! That's not how you're thinking. He's thinking, hey, you're taking my daughter. And you better honor 100% of her, boy. <laughs> you 
You got to take care. You, you got the whole thing. It's the whole thing. And when you read the Word of God, God doesn't think about, hey, I want you to honor me, you know, just honor me with a percentage. You don't see that. God says, look, I own it all. And what you manage in, in this life, I've allowed you to manage. So my objective, when it comes to my income, when it comes to my saving, when it comes to my giving and, and spending and, and my, uh, all these things, when it, my objective, everything should be driven through the grid of, God, how do I honor you with everything? Not a percentage. Not a percentage. Now, the takeaway. Now, we'll be done. I got two takeaways. Some of you say, okay, Scott, I hear you. Honor God with everything. What does that mean? How do I do that? Uh, what, what, what does that look like? What does that look like for me? And what, what should I do? And honestly, I don't know what you should do. Because it's not coming from me. It's coming from God. But I'll tell you where to start. And if you're taking notes, here's where you start. You start with prayer. And you start with this prayer. It's simple. It's a simple prayer. You say, God, I don't know where to begin. But would you show me how to honor you with everything? Y'all with me? It's not the preacher telling you how to honor God. It's you listen to the Holy Spirit of God and say, God, I'm all ears. You show me how to honor you. Now, I promise you, every person in this room is different in the way that God will respond. It will be different for every person and what that looks like. For some of you, God might say, hey, you need to give more. For some of you, God would say, hey, you need to save more. Or you need to spend more wisely. You stop wasting so much money. You know, God might say, hey, I want you to think about all, the, all your entertainment options. Maybe you need to cut down a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what he might tell you. He, he might say, hey, you need to liquidate some, some of your collections. You're holding on to stuff, and it's getting older, and you're getting older. What are you going to do with it? Now, put that money in circulation. Do something with it for God. That might, that might be what he tells you. He might say, hey, I want you to lend more freely to your children to help them out. They need your help. God might say, hey, I want you to get out of debt. You want to honor me? Get out of debt. And so listen to God. God might say, enjoy it more. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Solomon, he wrote this. He said that we should you know, that God wants us to enjoy the fruits of our labor. There's nothing wrong with having a good time. God said, man, some of you need to have a good time. You know, you're too tense. You need to go on a vacation. Honor me by taking your family on vacation. It's a good thing. Y'all hear me? I, I don't know how God's speaking to you. But when's the last time you've asked? When's the last time you said, God, show me how to honor you with everything? And it's a second thought. This is important. That when you come to ask God, for, you know, and, how, and ask God how to do this, you've got to come to a place of surrender. You've got to decide to surrender it all. You've got to, be, you've got to come to a prayer and say, God, show me how to honor everything with an open hand. 
Because if you're coming like this, God, I want to honor you with that. Well, almost everything. Then you're not going to honor God with it all. And so are you going to be open-handed? Say, God, I'll be open to you, whatever you want. And listen, some of you say, God, I'm scared about that. And you know why that might be? Why you might be a little scared to be open-handed like that? It might be that you just don't trust God. You say, man, if I'm that open to God, God might have me do something crazy. He knows you best, yourself or God. He knows it all. He had a plan from the beginning to the end. And he's got you. And I promise you, God, God, wants, God wants something for you. But we're missing it because we're close-handed. We're close-handed. Honor you with it all. God, I decided to surrender it all to you. What a prayer. I challenge you as individuals, as a couple. Listen, when you pray that prayer, I promise you that's the prayer that God loved to answer. You say, okay, now you're asking. And if you're asking, you better listen. And trust God. Because he's the one that gave it to you in the first place. They all belong to him. So we have to have a clear objective. I hope you understand this. Our finance, our objective when it comes to our finance, and not just with our finance, is to honor God with everything. With everything. Next week, we're going to talk about it. Now we've got the first and third principle of, of, of the laws of balance. Now we're going to talk about the constant corrections that we have to make. I hope you'll be here next Sunday. Be here with us. But for this week, I'm going to challenge you to, to pray that prayer with an open hand. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and what that looks like to honor God with everything. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that everything comes from you. And it all belongs to you. Help us, God, to never be so prideful to think that we did it all. God, you're the one that gave us the gifts, the strength, the creativity. And it all comes from you. You're blessing upon our lives. You didn't have to bless us with any of it, but you did. So God, help us not to have a, a percentage mindset when it comes to honoring you, but God, help us to have a hundred percent. It all belongs to you. And I want to honor you with it all in the way that I live my life, the way that I manage my stuff. And I do it to honor and glorify your holy name. And so God, we get to ask you in the next few minutes as we get ready for baptism. God, we're so excited for those who are taking their next steps. God, maybe there's someone here today that's on the fence. Maybe they want to get baptized. They've asked Jesus to come in your life. 
but they've never taken that next step. And God, maybe today you're tapping on the shoulders of their heart. I pray that they're listening. In the next few minutes, they respond. I say yes, and, take, and get them baptized and making a public declaration of what you've done in their lives. And so God, we look forward to those who are making those decisions in the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen.